Shio, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Creative Native. We got a great show for you today, um, but hey, it's November. Uh, happy Native American Heritage Month. Um, I challenge you to uh, start out this month by, if you not, don't already know whose land you're occupying um, or what Native group uh, were the original um purveyors of this land that you are on, uh, do some research. Find out who uh, the original peoples were um, indigenous to your land that you're occupying. We have a great episode with my old friend, not old as in old, but um, just great friend of mine, uh, Miss Alvina Begay, who, um, you know, they say you don't really know a native unless you know a begay, but she is one of the greatest and she um talk we talk first about our puppies because who doesn't love puppies but we both are um fresh uh puppy new puppy owners but we also talk going deep about her olympic experience and her running career as well as um her professional career as uh training to be a nurse and studying to be a nurse alvina is one of my personal heroes, one of my best friends, um, and I'm really excited to share her story with you. So check it out. Let us know what you think. If you have a suggestion for a future guest, feel free to let us know. Um, thanks for listening, but enjoy the interview. Hello. What up, lady? <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm just um, doing some housework. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I was just um, washing some dishes, just uh, making sure that it's a clean kitchen before dinner. So yes. I just, just, just doing something before you called, keeping yeah. myself busy. Yes. <laughs> Always <laughs> keeping yourself busy, girl. Um, I'm going to record if that's okay for the pod. Oh, so. that's, that's cool. fine. Cool. Um, well, most important question first. How are those darn puppies? Oh, they are so good. Um, they're in Ganado right now with my dad. Um, they help him with the heat during the week while he's in school. And then um, Casey brings them out to Flagstaff um, Thursdays, Fridays, until the weekend. So they're, they're really good. Um, they're both learning to be sheep dogs. Yeah, how old are they? They're, uh, six months and two months. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, they're so, I love them. They're so cute. Okay, so how did you end up with two? So, 
dog, and then I decided maybe last fall that I wanted an Australian Shepherd because that was the kind of dog that we had growing up, my siblings and I. And we could not find any. I wanted a a female Aussie. Mm -hmm. Um, It just seemed like I just could not find one. And then I reached out to the Harts in um, Cave Creek, and they had a pup back in July. They were trying to get rid of some Aussies, so I jumped on that um, that opportunity, and I and I bought Dale. <laughs> and then about a month later, my mom just happened to go to a flea market in Ganado, and then came across a litter of pups. That is so rare. I love it. Yeah, and they were like a flea market cheaper, and they were so much cheaper. They were female pups, and I'm like, "How is this? Like, you know, I've been yeah. looking for pups for months, and then in my hometown, my mom finds a pup at a really good price, a female pup, so she bought one, and um, so yeah, so they're back in Ganado right now. Are they like best friends? Um, I think so, Dale. I think is still getting adjusted to not being the only pup. Like yeah. Vidalia for a little bit. So um, Dale, Dale and Vidalia? Yeah, Dale and oh, Vidalia. That's so cute. <laughs> um, so Vidalia likes to snuggle up to Dale, and um, she's really feisty, so she'll just pounce yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they cuddle and snuggle at night. Yeah. She likes to nap up nap up on him so there um dale definitely still gets threatened he wants to be um mama's own my baby yeah he's definitely threatened yeah oh oh so wait so bedalia i said bedalia like onion earlier and that's not right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's bedalia my mom named her so, it was either, it came down to Vidalia and Dolly. Oh, Dolly's a good one, too. I mean, Dolly Parton, like, that's that's a good, yeah. Yeah, uh, we went for Vidalia. So. so, do you remember Romy and Michelle, the movie? The movie Romy and Michelle? I do. Yeah, so that's yeah, a little bit of what of our Romy's named after. Um, yeah, well. We were actually watching a show at the time that you should watch called Succession, which is just crazy. And the the character on there named Roman was just like hilarious. So I was like, Roman, Romy, Romy, Michelle, perfect. It fits. So yeah, yeah. Puppy life is just. But they're actually trained to become like sheepdogs. They're like serious, going to be serious like worker dogs, huh? Uh, that's the plan. I mean, my. My dad's like, you keep disrupting my training by taking them back to Flagstaff. (laughs) (laughs) And spoiling them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they're definitely, I mean, I'd like them to be working dogs, but um, but I also miss them a whole lot when I'm in Flagstaff. Yeah. it's it's tough. I didn't think I'd get this attached to my pups. Yes, it's it's really like I Spencer are and I are already like we can't have kids. We're already disattached to our dogs. Like it's just I can't even <laughs> imagine having and well plus I kind of like that you know kids like dogs don't talk back so <laughs> you don't have to worry about that and yeah and they love you no matter what. Like, yes, I can get mad at Dale, but he'll still come and want to hug and he'll still like yeah come to my feet and sleep at my feet while I'm eating dinner just sitting at the table so 
But yeah, then they do stupid, like, ours do, like, stupid stuff and, like, chew everything. But it's, like, impossible <laughs> to be mad at those faces. Like, it's just, like, it's, it's, you can't. You just can't be mad at them for long. So, yeah, it's, I love that we both kind of started our puppy journey around the same time. That's really exciting. <laughs> and they're so freaking gorgeous. They're beautiful. I can't wait to see more and more pictures because it's, like, they, will they grow much more, I'm guessing? Yeah, I think they're about half, um, what they're gonna be half the height they're gonna be at, I guess. Maybe Dale. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I was talking to somebody at the dog park. And he said they, um, he, he was told that he bought a miniature Aussie, and it ended up being a full size, full size Aussie. And um, so I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't mind. I just think it's gonna yeah. be a lot, a lot of hair to take care of. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> part yeah that is gonna be intense yeah that's what yeah the whole mini thing like I I used to really want a mini pig but then like that was really I've heard so many scams and people get burned by those so that's like it's not really a mini so you have to be careful (laughs) oh my gosh so okay so refocus so this podcast I'm trying to keep kind of keep rolling I'm just like you know, there's so many awesome native athletes and not just native athletes, but I want to like just native people, you know, but I kind of, obviously we kind of know ourselves as athletes and through athletes. And I just want to share stories and, um, just, you know, kind of in also talk about like hot topic stuff, like Elizabeth Warren or stuff like that too, to make it topical. But, but I, I don't know. I'm just so thankful for you. And like the fact that like, the fact that our paths crossed in Portland, you know, back when you were training. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk more about, just tell me about, like, what where you were at. Okay, so this was, like, 2012, I think, when we met. So what yeah, were, where were you at? That was, like, six years ago. What, where were you at in life? Oh, gosh. So six years ago, um, I was living in Portland, Oregon, training for the Olympic trials. So 2012 was an Olympic year, so... Um, a ton of athletes were trying to, you know, make go with the teams. They were super focused on, you know, making it in their events. So I was in Portland training for the marathon, which was that January in Houston, and then the Olympic trials for track and field were in Eugene. So that whole year I was just all about running, um, training with the Nike, Nike coaches in Portland. So, yeah, and that's where I met you, and I got to, you know, see – Sam pretty much on a daily basis with N7. Right. Our, he was like our surrogate yeah. surrogate father, I feel like. <laughs> pretty um, much. Yes, he tried to be anyways. How, how, so you, but you got, you got involved with Sam and N7 before that, right? Yeah. Um, I believe before, oh, I think it was 2010, I got involved with N7. Um, just, yeah, Sam uh, gave me a call and asked me if I'd be interested in being an N7 athlete and an N7 ambassador of course I I jumped at that opportunity because it's it's everybody's dream to be a part of the Nike team the Nike family yeah. so and especially for Nike to have their own branch of um, Native Americans um, I thought that was pretty cool um, to just have to be a part of that N7 family yeah yeah, 100%. That was, oh, I was just, and like, I'll never forget our Thanksgiving together. I always think about you on Thanksgiving. It's like our little special <laughs> holiday. We need to like do one together again sometime soon. Uh, that was so fun. I, I just remember you on the 
mac and cheese. Yes. Like, that is still the standard, my high standard for mac and cheese. Like, that's every mac and cheese that I eat, <laughs> your mom still holds that. Oh, she'll be happy yeah. to hold that, but I, I 100% agree. That's where my, I like, I could eat, I could eat mac and cheese every day. I mean, it's, it's like a food group to me. It's like, you know, vegetables, mac and cheese, protein. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, um, that was a really fun Thanksgiving. I was really sad to be away from my family. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually in Vancouver right now for a conference and it's really, it's like bringing me back because of the weather. It's like exactly the same as Portland and the rainy and cold and it's like, oh goodness. Yeah. But it's, it's, I love the mountains out here though. It's beautiful. So, but so I don't, I feel like we haven't really talked ever much about like your college years. Like when, when did you, like, were you in high school when you realized like, oh, I can like be a collegiate athlete like when did that like when did that happen for you um so I've always wanted to be a college runner uh since since junior high pretty much I mean that was that was the dream was to earn a college scholarship and run at the collegiate level and then eventually turn pro and run professionally so I mean those dream that I had that dream since I was maybe 12 or 13 um yeah. <laughs> when did you start running? Like seriously? Um, I probably I don't, since I I don't remember. I mean, my my mom will share stories of when yeah. I uh, would follow my dad out for runs and she'd have to go and get me. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Uh, I, I would say that I didn't start running seriously until until I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Like in auto middle school. Yeah. And I was just um, super serious and super focused and. I wanted to be a state champion. I wanted to be a state record holder. I mean, I already like set goals for myself at a really young age. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you were always like a go-getter and did you play any other sports like soccer or anything? No. Yeah. No, I didn't. I was interested in volleyball for a little bit. The volleyball coach in Ganado tried to recruit me, but I just, I just didn't feel I don't know. I, I just felt so awkward and uncoordinated, yes. and <laughs> yes, I just didn't feel like it was a fit. Yeah, um, that's why I love I running. <laughs> it's like no coordination. Yeah, and then basketball, uh, just a tiny bit. Like I scored two points for the other team and <laughs> got a rebound. <laughs> got a rebound, and that was it. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's keep it simple with running. That's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, let's keep it simple. I love playing volleyball too, like just for fun. We that's definitely a good one. Um, I was always like, I played in varsity, and then like the freshman like started over me. That's how bad I was. But I, you know, I had fun. I had a few spikes in there somewhere. Um, What was it like growing? Like you, you grew up your whole like you. You were like born in Ganado, right? Like, well, not born like right there, I guess, but like born in that area and like raised there, right? Yeah, I was born and raised in Ganado. It's a really small town on the Navajo reservation. Um, There's not much there. I mean, it's growing a little bit. We finally got a grocery store this past summer. There's a couple of gas stations. Super small, but you know, when I look back at the places I've traveled and trained at, I think. 
Ganado is just the perfect place for me to to become a runner. Um, mm. You know, we're at high elevation. I have access to endless dirt roads. Um, yeah. I have access to a dirt track. Um, there, you know, I some hills I in there too. Hills, I have sand. Yeah, I have hills and sand. And I remember um, when I was at Nike, we went to France to train, and we went to France to train for altitude training. Oh my god! And I'm like, I could go home and do this type of training. Yeah. But I mean, who who wouldn't? Who wouldn't accept a nice trip to France? Yeah, so. true, true. That is really funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, you should all come to Ganado, and we'll have some <laughs> traditional, like, uh, Navajo food. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What was uh, what was your family like? Because you have a younger brother, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the oldest in my family. I have one sister and three younger brothers. Um, my mom is a full-time nurse, and my dad... A uh, full-time rancher, and he he was home like most of the time with us while my mom was working. Uh, being the oldest, I think um, I was pretty serious. Um, I took my role as the oldest child very seriously. Yeah, uh, I felt. I mean, there's definitely times when I look back and I'm like, I think I was a second, pretty much like a second mom to my siblings. Mm, yeah. Um, so my mom worked long hours, and I'd help with babysit, my sister and I. So, yeah, but I felt like I got to, um, you know, my my two younger brothers, I got to, you know, take them with me to, to races and different running events and activities when I was in college. And I think that helped them as far as um, see what they liked and what they wanted to do with their lives and their education later on. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. You're, you are very like serious and kind of motherly. So I can see that 100%. Did, did you get recruited? Like, were you, were like, did you go visit Arizona State before you went or did you just kind of go? How, how did that work? So I went to Adams State my freshman year. Oh, okay. Um, I went there because the running tradition was so strong and I was so, um, I just wanted to be where the best runners, some of the best runners in my country were. And at that time, some of the best runners in the country were living and training there. Yeah. And Adams State has one of the best cross-country and running programs in the country. And my cousin Alfonso had gone there, and one of my, my role models, Pam White, went there. So um, Phil Castillo was there. So, you know, there was a, a, a nice group of Native American runners there. And yeah. I wanted to be a part of that. So I went there, and um, I was there for about a year, and I had some success. I was a part of one of their national championship cross-country teams. I qualified for indoor um, championship, track championships there. Um, but uh, I've always been, I've always been involved with so many activities and wanted to do so much, and I felt like Adams State was just so, um, was, the, the community was really small, and I felt like I just wanted more out of myself, um, more for myself, so I transferred to Arizona State. So, Arizona State had recruited me in high school, but I just, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I want to train in Phoenix. And, yeah. Um... But 
when I got to Adams State, you know, I realized that I, I wanted something different. Yeah. So I went from one extreme to the other right. uh, in my transfer to Arizona State. And boy, did I get the change I was looking for. Yeah. So, yeah. And I ran for Arizona State for four years. I redshirted my first year, sophomore year, my second year, sophomore year. And I struggled. I struggled yeah. so badly with everything, with, um, like, with just, I think, just the culture change. Yeah. Um, just the fast pace of city life, um, going from running on long dirt roads to pavement, yeah. um, having to run every morning at five yeah. because you had no choice because it just got so hot. Yeah. So, and yeah. I struggled. I, I, I'll admit I struggled at Arizona State. But you, but you liked it, like aside from the struggling. I did. Yeah. I like. I think if um, running. It's like if is like I like the academics. Like I really like my time there as just a student. Um, if you could take away that athletic piece, I think I would have been a lot more happier at Arizona yeah. State. But it, you know, like if you're running is not going well, I think it just affects how you feel about everything. Yeah. So, but I, I, um, I definitely enjoyed my academic experience at Arizona State. Yeah, what did you get into? They did did you get into the health stuff there? Yeah. Um I studied nutrition mm. at ASU and I, I'm a registered dietitian. Right. Right, right, right. And then so what was it like after graduation? Did you like get a job right away? What was your was running still like was that your was that your plan? What was that what was that like? Well, I had to do an internship for a year after um, graduation. So I did my internship in Phoenix, uh, and then I took my registration um, exam, and I, that's when I became a registered dietitian. Um, and during that year of the internship, I ran just to stay in shape, um, but I just it was just so time-consuming um, and um, draining to to complete the internship. So I pretty much just stayed, but I, I definitely knew that I wanted to continue running. And then after I got a, after I passed my exam, I moved home to Ganado. I got a job at the hospital and I just kept running. Yeah. And I had um, a family friend, Mike Daney, write some workouts for me. And it just seemed like I was nailing and crushing workouts. And I found that love that I had for running. Again, I found that that, that love and that enjoyment to, to run came back. And I wasn't getting injured. Um, I was doing workouts I couldn't complete in college. Yeah. So it, it just seemed like I, thought I got into a nice groove and was able to just train once I got home and um, was able to just maybe be in my, in an element that I was comfortable in. Yeah. And I just started to, to just run really well again. So then did you just start like entering the graces? What was the next? Um, so yeah, I, I entered some big races and I did well and I got invited to bigger races and I did well. And then um, the opportunity to train at Flagstaff with the High Altitude Training Center came up. And I had never 
really liked Flagstaff all that much growing up. Yeah. And I came out to Flagstaff just to focus 100% on running. Yeah. And I came to Flagstaff, and I really liked it, and I, I never left. I, I stayed in Flagstaff, and I think it's, it's been about 11 or 12 years now. Yeah. I've been here. But, um, yeah, I, I connected with some other running under, other runners and coaches, and um, I was able to really um, train at a level that I didn't know I could. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then so then, how does it go to that from that to Olympic trials? Um, so I qualified for the Olympic trials and the marathon in two thousand eight. I was twenty uh, twenty eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then it, it went okay, and then I knew that I wanted to try again for two thousand twelve, and I really. Um, dedicated myself to preparing for the 2012 Olympic trials. That is so, so crazy just, to think about, though. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that the Olympic cycle is four years. Like when you miss yeah. out, like that is that still blows my mind. Yeah, and a lot of athletes that have those Olympic dreams pretty much plan their lives out in four-year cycle. That's so um, that's, I feel like that's what I learned to do. So. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, the next couple of years was uh, after 2008 was just about, you know, being committed to 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was Houston like? That was tough, right? It was um, hot, I'm guessing. So, well, the Olympic trials in 2012 and the marathon was in January. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, I just think that I was just really overtrained and just fried yeah going into the 2012 olympic trials i think that i just was so like i had trained so hard uh, i was running 120 miles a week i was just um i just you know I, I was prepared physically but mentally i think i just was very like i just didn't have a lot to give the race because I was just so mentally drained yeah. um, from the preparation. So it, it went okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I still ran under two hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's insane. It was that's okay. amazing. But yeah, it is such a, God, I mean, not just physically demanding, but mentally demanding. I feel like almost more than any other kind of sport, it's just such a beating. Like if you're not in that right headspace that just, can ruin a race. And now, were the was the 10K after that, or was it before? Um, it was after. The yeah. 10K was um, in June. Okay. And so, I really didn't have plans to try to qualify for the 10K. Um, I put all of my eggs in one basket and, and tried to be the, the best and most prepared for the marathon in January. Yeah. But, um... After Houston, I took a couple of weeks of off just to give my body a break and just to recover. And I came back. I started training again. And I just felt so strong and so fast. And I felt like all the work that I had put in for the marathon was paying off. Yeah. Um, it just started to show. 
so I just was crushing races and workouts and studying personal records and every distance from the 5K to the to the 25K. Yeah. Um, from January to June or July, and I just had a nice string of races um, that spring of 2012, and um, I was running really well, and then. The coach that I was working with said, you know, maybe we should try to qualify for the 10K. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I believed that I could um, hit the time standard, so I went to Stanford, and I ran uh, really fast. <laughs> I won my race, and I, um, I had these time goals in my head during the race, and I was under the time goals, and I just... Um, had a really good night, and then I, I ran a um, the A standard time to qualify for the Olympic trials. Yeah. So it was it was a big deal because yeah. I believe that time put me in the top, at least the top one of the top twenty runners in the country that year. Yeah. No, it was huge. And that's like out of everybody. And it's so like you were there. Yeah, were there. it's like the Super Bowl of track. It's um, it's unreal. And then like. The fact that you have to run like twenty five laps is just freaking crazy. It's like the most nerve wracking thing watching. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not the funnest to do as a runner, but it's so nerve wracking watching you go around like thirty times. You're like, oh my gosh! It's, yeah. And it was like it was rainy. I remember, and I was always I was always so nervous people were gonna fall and like how like what is that environment like when you get there and it's just like all these runners. Like, I can't even imagine because it's like four years of work. For this, like, what for, like, what is it? Three spots that they take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so I think um, I really tried to keep that spring um, low key and fun. Yeah. Because when I was training in Portland at the Nike campus, I felt like everything was so serious. Yeah. And all business, and um, it almost took the fun out of running. Yeah. So. I changed my mindset for the track season, and I just, you know, told myself, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to make sure that I enjoy running, and I'm going to just um, just have fun. Really, that was just the, the theme of my spring track season that year. So, when I went to Portland, um, I just, I, I felt nervous, I, I definitely did, Um so to, to make one of the top three spots, you have to run the Olympic standard. And I yeah. think I was like 30 seconds off of that time standard. Um, but the trials are so tricky because um, a lot of runners will use different strategies to make sure that they they place in that they get a top three spot. Yeah. So that means, you know, sometimes the race will go out really slow or somebody will, you know, there's so many strategies that can oh my gosh, yeah. play. So that's nerve-wracking in itself. Um, it's hard enough to, like, think about a ra- running a race yourself, and then you have to think about other people, like, oh, are they going to all go slow? Or are they all going to go fast? Like, it's, like, it's yeah. such, a, such like, a, like, mind game with other the other runners. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and then if the race does go out too slow, people can fall, um, or all of a sudden somebody might just take off and then you have to think you know do I go with them or do I stay so there's all these different things that you have to think about um so but yeah I I think 
you know, for every runner to race in um, at Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon, is um, is a runner's dream come true. I mean, I remember you know hearing stories about big great races happening in that stadium. So just to be there and to to be at the Olympic trials and um, just the atmosphere and just to be among so many people that love to run. It's, it's a, it's a really great experience. Like I was really grateful. I'm still really grateful and, and blessed to have had that experience, but definitely, um, it was definitely nerve wracking. And I just, um, I tried to take in as much of that experience as I, as I could at that time. Yeah. And I remember there just being a ton of natives there too. So that was really awesome. Like, Kind of like support. That was really that was really great. Did you yeah. did you consider twenty sixteen? I did. I did. Um, so after I left Portland, um, I ran. I, I I kept running competitively, but I also knew that I wanted to um, work um, more. I wanted to have. Um, a life and I can and I did I had to have a life to support myself yeah. you know I yeah. had to um, pay the bills so yeah. I got a job at the hospital and I started working full-time and working full-time I was taking a couple of classes and I was trying to train the same level that yeah. I was training at um, when I was just a full-time runner and my body said no yeah um my, and I and I was getting older too. Yeah. So I, um, I think in two thousand, I don't know. I can't remember what year now, but I just kept getting sick. Um, I would get better, then I would get sick a couple of weeks later. Um, just having health issues, health issues kept coming up, and I just felt like I was running out of time to qualify for the trials, and I did. I ran out of time. But eventually, my body just, I got the message, my body just said, I'm tired, I need a break. Yeah. So, um, I, I didn't run for about a month, because I really did, I had to let my body just heal and recover, yeah. and that was really hard for me, because I'm so used to, to being on the go. Oh my gosh, yeah. And pushing myself, so it was definitely a struggle to just um, let my body rest. But once I got healthy, um, I, you know, I was able to, to push again, but I also had to, like, um, balance my energy and rest some. Yeah. And then when did you decide to go, like, back into school full full force? So I've been working full-time as a dietitian, like, at medical center. I was running full. T- I was running again. I ran. Um, I ran the Boston Marathon back in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah, last year. Yeah. And um, I just felt like I wanted to to do something. I don't know. I maybe I was bored. I just needed <laughs> to do something. You needed a challenge. You needed that challenge. Probably. I was just thinking about that today. I think as runners, I think being a runner has taught me how to set goals. Mm -hmm. And once I do something, I need to set another goal. 
Yeah. So there's always just this drive to um, push myself and to better myself and to make new goals. So I think that was the case with nursing school. And um, my mom is a nurse. My sister is a nurse. And um, my mom has always pushed me to, to go to nursing school. And uh, I think the time came when I decided to take my mom's um, suggestion on that. Yeah. Yeah. And now, are you um, close to being done? Where are you at? Um, I'm in semester three of five semesters. So Ooh, you're like right over the, getting over the hump, though. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, man. It's, it's nice to say that and nice to think of it that way. Yeah. You're making it over that. Now it's all downhill. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Gosh, that's amazing, though. Like, that, it's, I... I'm with you because I went back, you know, went back to school two years ago, and it's like, even if you take classes, it I feel like going back in full force is just, oh, it's exhausting, and it's just, it's such a test of your time management, especially where you're trying to work and just prioritize. It's so tough. Like I, I feel like it's tougher the older you get. Like I don't know, it just feels, and it's just because there's just days you just don't want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely days when I think to myself, what was I thinking? Yeah. Like, you know, what, yeah. You know I, I, I made the decision to put myself through this thing again. Um, but yeah, it, it really is. Like, it's definitely about time management. Um, trying to just balance everything. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've had a, you know, I don't have children, but I have a couple of classmates that have like two or three kids. And yeah, I can't they even. have to drive from Flagstaff to the res a couple times of the week. And and really, when I think about that, I'm like, I really don't have much to complain right, about. Right, so. right. Exactly. Yeah. As like, is, as so. not having kids, it's just like, how, and then that's when I'm just like, y'all are crazy. But no, I think it is, though. I like, <laughs> like you said, like a part of like that runner's mentality is like, you have to have that like kind of challenge and that carrot in front of you. And you're just always like. Because, I mean, we could e- easily be working, like, a 9 to 5, but we're not. Because, like, it just wouldn't satisfy us. Like, there's got to be something bigger and, like, you know, it's – but it's – and it's – at the same time, it's, like, it pays off. Like, in the – like, we'll look back and we'll be like, man, like, that was crazy, but it's also awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that's just, you know, uh, just that drive to just – yourself and better yourself and just the yeah definitely athlete's mentality there yeah do you think you're gonna stay in like Flagstaff Ganado area um yeah I mean I'm uh, I feel like I'm in the transition of moving back to Ganado the reservation yeah I mean that's always been the goal and the dream is to go home and live back on the reservation uh, full-time and yeah you know I see my mom she works um, full-time on the Navajo reservation and she's really dedicated and passionate about helping and working with the Navajo people yeah and I see that and I, I want to be like that so yeah you know I I just feel like I would be more impactful if I was working more directly with you know Native American people yeah so. and she's really traditional too right she's the one who's kind of taught you all the traditional Navajo ways. Yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom, both my parents are yeah. pretty traditional. We were we were brought up um, with 
traditional Navajo culture. So definitely, yeah, we're definitely, we definitely follow the traditions. And it's just so much easier to do when you're there. You know, it's hard. It's so hard to do when you're not there. It's. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, like when I was training and I was training full time and away from my family, you know, it was, it was hard to, to be away and to participate in the ceremonies. And sometimes if I needed traditional help, it was hard to, to get because I was so far away. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm reconnecting with the culture and learning more of the Navajo words. I'm able to learn um, every time that I participate in something. So yeah. and I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is so amazing to like kind of have that, that reconnection. Uh, and you guys, did you guys have your election yet? No, it's next Tuesday. Ooh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's intense. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I just like that we have a final, we have a candidate that runs. So I don't know. I just, yeah. I just pretty much, I, I like it when we have leaders that exercise and, especially run I feel oh like yeah with other runners so I feel yeah. like you know, I may not know one of a candidate well but I just feel like there's a connection because we both run yeah for sure awesome 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 well I think that's all like we're gonna have to do like this regularly because I think we'll have a good we you know we can do puppy updates and just I don't I want you to share some like your good cooking recipes I'll, I'm always all your all your stuff looks so I need to do I'm craving some blue corn pancakes that's definitely oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm always yeah yeah and yeah so I'm gonna just we'll we'll, we'll end the episode here <laughs> Work hard to make life great. Quit it, sit there and wait. Quit it, sit there and wait.